What is up, everybody to the nations worldwide? This is the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to couple travelers, offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that travel lifestyle. We're your hosts, Mike Pletz and Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. Join us online at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash to the nations worldwide to follow along with everything we've got going on at to the nations worldwide. Find out more about us at our website to the nations worldwide.com and learn how you can share this podcast and help us out at patreon.com slash to the nations worldwide. In today's episode, we are joined by Jules and Christine of Don't Forget to Move. Jules and Christine have been traveling the world since 2012. They talk with us today about volunteering internationally, balancing their online work and travel, and how travel has helped strengthen their relationship together. You can find their adventures at www.don'tforgettomove.com. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jules and Christine. Today we are joined by Jules and Christine of Don't Forget to Move. Jules and Christine have been traveling the world since 2012 as travel bloggers, adventure seekers, international volunteers, responsible tourism advocates, vegetarians, and full-time digital nomads. You can find their adventures at www.don'tforgettomove.com. Hello, Jules and Christine, and welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Let us just get started and get to know the two of you a bit more. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do. Uh, well, I'm Jules. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and uh, yeah, full-time traveler, former high school teacher turned uh, international volunteer, full, now full-time traveler. <laughs> yep, and I'm Christine. I'm from the Bay Area in California, and I'm also a full-time traveler with Jules, and I didn't really have a career before that, so traveling full-time is kind of all I know, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. So how about the two of you? How did the two of you meet? Uh, yeah, so we, we actually met back in 2012 in Peru. We were both traveling through South America at the time, and we were volunteering at a disaster relief organization there. And we met a day apart, and so we were kind of like the new kids on the block. And we became friends, and we spent the next six months volunteering in Peru together. And then after that, we decided we wanted to keep traveling, and we pretty much have never stopped. We spend the next few years traveling through Latin America and before moving on to Southeast Asia and Europe and here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. And how about travel in both of your lives? Have, have you guys always been avid travelers and uh, trying to get out there growing up or did you grow up in uh, travel families? Uh, yeah, definitely. My family was always big on like adventure. Like we took a lot of road trips when we were kids and it would kind of be like choose a direction and let's just see what's out there, which is kind of our travel style today. And then as we got a bit older, we would do a couple of international trips. Um, and yeah, I'd say definitely my, my family was actually pretty supportive of me considering when I first started traveling, I was just like a 22 year old solo female who just had a one way ticket to Mexico and 
never looked back from there. So I'd say they were pretty supportive. Yeah, my family was kind of the opposite. <clears throat> my uh, my parents hadn't traveled like my so my a lot of my travel inspiration came from my grandparents uh, who always I remember used to travel and used to always come back with like fun souvenirs and little gifts when we were kids. Um, but my parents, I was the first to travel overseas out of my family. Um, and yeah, I, I traveled a little bit later. My first trip, I was in, until I was 21, uh, I went to Thailand for a few months and then it pretty much, uh, never stopped. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. Okay. So getting into talking more about travel, I'd like to warm up our guests with a simple two word question, but for so many couples, it's got such a complex response and that is why travel? Oh, that is a that's a simple question with a hard answer. Yeah. I'd say for us, it's just all about the experiences. So, so what what started us traveling actually was that we were both interested in nonprofit work. Um, so we met at a nonprofit in Peru um, and have done nonprofit work all around the world. So that drive to just go out, see the world, and help people in communities was the biggest driver for us. Mm-hmm. And then after we started doing that, it was like we were fully addicted to travel and now I can't imagine you know being at home and living a very settled life I just we both just love the adventure of seeing new places all the time yeah I think the thing about travel is that it's always changing and no day's the same and I think that's some, one thing that we we both love to just break like that routine and, and travel is always offering opportunities to like better yourself or challenges and whether you were at home doing a road trip or whether you were abroad or, you know, travel was always challenging you. And I think that's what we love about it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, so where were the two of you last? Where are you right now and where are you traveling to next? Uh, well, we kicked off the year with a pretty nice trip to the Maldives and then we, we sort of fulfilled something that we've been wanting to do for many years, which was to go and move to Bali for a few months. Mm-hmm. So our mm-hmm. last sort of big trip was spending, we spent the last four months in Bali. Uh, which we just loved, uh, one of our favorite places in the world. And at the moment, we are in San Francisco, which is where Christine's family is from, and we've been here for um, about two months now, I'm kind of setting up here as a, this is like a semi, I don't know, I don't know how you define, I don't know how you define it. Semi home base, yeah. Semi, semi permanent, temporary. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, how about, what did you guys get up to when you're in the Maldives? What was, uh, what did you guys do there? Uh, well, we were there for a work trip, actually, but we did get to spend a lot of time uh, soaking up the sun on the beach. Um, but it was kind of half content creation, so we did a lot of photography, video, mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, writing on our blog, and then half just relaxing. So it was a little bit of a um, back and forth, like a balance, yeah. but it was beautiful, so amazing there. Nice. And then Bali, what I heard there's this, like such a large uh, digital nomad community there. Did you guys go there for that, or was there something in Bali that was kind of calling you to go there? Yeah, a bit of both, really. So we first uh, we actually went to Bali. So my so I'm from Australia. My parents are from Melbourne. It's a quick five hour flight up to Bali. Mm-hmm. So my parents mm-hmm. always go to Bali now at least twice a year. They love it. Wow. And mm-hmm. we met them there in 2015 for my 30th birthday. And we were only there for about three weeks, and we just loved it. And we always said we knew we had other friends, uh, travel bloggers, and other people who work remotely who had gone and spent time there. And we always thought, all right, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do it last year in 2017, but something came up, and it kind of like was something that was always there was always something getting in our way. 
like whether it was work or something else, uh, stopping us from getting there. And I don't know, we just had to make it happen and because we just loved it so much. And so we finally got there this year and yeah, it was just uh, exceeded our expectations. We, we had a really great time. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a great, it's a great hub for for remote workers and for mm-hmm. for expats or just kind of posting up for a few months. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> do any travel plans coming up? Do you guys know where you're going next? Well, next week we're going to Burning Man for the first <laughs> oh, <yeah>. time. <laughs> um, so not not an international destination, but uh, definitely something you have to prepare. for for like mm. crazy so we're kind of in the in mid uh, Burning Man prep right now nice and nice. then um, yeah and then this fall we are going to can we say Guyana yeah <laughs> we, we just we just secured a work trip um, to Guyana which is in South America um, and we've never been before but we've done a lot of Latin America um, travel and Guyana is kind of a different culture so we're excited to see that and then hopefully get back in our van and do some van life trips um, mm-hmm. this fall and winter and see a little bit more of the United States. Yeah, we've got uh, work. Yeah, we've got a couple of trips in the works at the moment. Everything's kind of everything's up in the air, and you're on a trip until you're not. Um, and then so we're we're actually we were nominated we're top three finalists oh. for um, TBC Asia 2018 in Sri Lanka as one of the best responsible tourism blogs. Uh, so we've been invited to go to Sri Lanka towards the end of October. So we're trying to work out logistics about how to do that, um, nice. fit that around some other trips. But yeah, we've got a couple of things, a couple of things in the works. <laughs> nice, congratulations on that. That sounds yeah, amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what what has been the most rewarding travel experience together? I would say the most rewarding experience was probably going to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Um, So we lived there for seven months and we went there to work at a disaster relief organization that was helping out with um, the devastating typhoon. Um, And it was, it's such an incredible country. It's a beautiful country Mm -hmm. and the people are so welcoming and hospitable that it was just lovely to be accepted in that community. Um, yeah, it was really beautiful. Nice. And uh, so you guys obviously get up to a lot of nonprofit work and uh, lots of volunteering. Uh, I mean, can you just kind of um, let our li- listeners know that maybe uh, let our listeners know about your experiences doing this? Um, either like what kind of impact do you guys feel you have I'm just trying to trying to get you know couples who are on the verge of wanting to do this, but maybe they're kind of being held back by something. What can you uh, tell them to kind of get them off their seats and get them involved more in the international community? They should just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great question. I mean, we we both started uh, with our volunteer work, sort of started on a very entry level like you know unskilled just kind of seeing where we could help out and what we could do and we've since that time kind of like moved that into more of a like a career we, we went back to school um over the last couple of years we actually both just finished our masters in international development last year because we wanted to pursue this something professionally but when we both started it was just literally like looking for an organization that was needed some help matching our skills with something that we could provide some assistance and just finding an opportunity to go over there and just do what we could. And, and you know, that's pretty much just how it started. And I think, you know, once we got a taste for it, it become 
you know, it's very like it is. It's, it's addicting, and it's it's something that you 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 know you want to keep trying to find to do. And I don't know. It's it's definitely like a something that's been very life changing for us to be a part of, yeah. and, and not only to do separately, but also to do together as well. Mm-hmm. It- and then how do you find these types of opportunities? Where where would you suggest people go looking for them? Yeah, I mean, that that's something that definitely over the last couple of years has become maybe a little bit harder to do. Um, you may be familiar with the term volunteerism, mm-hmm. which is something that's kind of popped up over the last couple of years, which is the idea of, you know, a volunteering tourist. Um, and it's some it's been something that unfortunately has been a little bit not controversial, but something that has been a little bit negative towards the industry because a lot of people have seen an opportunity to make a dollar off somebody wanting to do good overseas, and they've created these middleman com- companies that place you in volunteer um, organizations where you're paying $1,500 a week to live in a place that costs you $150 a week to live in. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to ask yourself, like, where's this money going? And so that has made it a little bit trickier over the years uh, to find genuine places, but I mean, I guess your biggest thing is, you know, you can always go directly to organizations. Just there's, there are still platforms out there that can help you find um, genuine organizations and you can contact them directly and find where your skills or what you can provide, like whether there's an area that you can help in. So it is a little bit more work, um, but we found that those organizations are the ones that are more rewarding because you actually will make a difference. There's no point going to an organization just for the sake of it unless you can provide something. Right. Yeah. And I would just recommend um, before committing to like a six-month or three-month stint, um, just going to wherever location you want to volunteer at and speak with the organization face-to-face because, you know, things look different than pictures on the Internet. And when you get there, it may you may find that it's kind of a different scenario for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to make sure you're actually making an impact instead of just paying somebody to volunteer and you're just sitting around not, you know, contributing in any way. So it's a little bit tricky to find an organization that, you know, you'll fit perfectly with. Um, but just going to a location and talking to locals, and talking to local nonprofits and seeing where your skills can best be used is uh, probably the best strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely getting a taste for something and uh, seeing if you're a fit before actually committing to a, a longer term, three, six, uh, however many months would definitely be beneficial. I can definitely see that. And, right. and volunteering doesn't have to be moving halfway across the world and living in some tiny shack in the middle of nowhere you know, helping with the water well project. But you can start, you can get a taste of volunteering right at home, you know, like look at a local um, like food shelter or anything. Like you can find opportunities at home and abroad to give you a little bit of a taste for volunteering to see if it's something that, you know, you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, everybody would enjoy it, but it's, you know, it's not for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, and that, so, that's actually yeah a really good point too. Volunteering in your local neighborhood or or around your area is is definitely another way to give back to the the community for sure. Absolutely, definitely. So you two have traveled a lot together. What do you yep. feel has been your most awkward, embarrassing, or hilarious travel experience? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm somebody who really doesn't get embarrassed easily. <laughs> <laughs> I, if anything, it's probably like me embarrassing Christine because I've like 
gone up and started dancing in the middle of a crowd or like. Yeah, that's definitely, I definitely get more embarrassed for Jules because he'll like, you know, be in a store in Latin America and he'll start dancing with some grandma, some abuela. And I'm just like, oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. But he has no sense of embarrassment at no, all. No, not really. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of have a funny travel story when, oh, yeah. when I was in Costa Rica, um, with my family, <laughs> I had just, you know, come off like three months backpacking with myself or by myself. Um, and I thought I was getting pretty good at my Spanish language skills and my family didn't speak any Spanish. And I was trying to tra translate for my dad that he wanted to Coke with a lot of ice. And so I was like, I got this. And I kept saying mucho helado, and that's not that's the word for ice cream. <laughs> so I was like mucho, mucho, mucho helado, and they they came. They were like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yes." And they came back with Coke and a giant mountain of ice cream. And <laughs> my dad funny. was like, "Oh my god, yeah." So I wasn't quite as good at Spanish as I thought I was. Coke <laughs> float. Yeah, that, that's a good story. Uh, so turning this on in another direction. Um, there, many different experiences come from traveling, and and on the yeah. the other end of things, there's bad experiences. So, what do you feel has been your worst experience together? Oh, I mean, we've got a we've definitely got a couple of like standout ones, but I I guess I'd stay start off by saying that like travel. I don't know. I feel like all experiences in travel, no matter how difficult or hard they are, have always been rewarding. And it's been one of the things that we've loved most about travel. So even the worst moments at the time where, you know, you miss the bus or you don't have somewhere to stay and all those frustrating times, they're always, well, one, they make a great story looking back on. And, and two, like they've always given us something. But then there are some like moments that suck while you're traveling, such as like getting parasites or getting ill or yeah. Christine getting dengue fever in Cuba. Yeah, I got dengue <laughs> fever in Cuba, which was, you know, not fun at all. Being in the hospital for five days. Oh wow! Yeah, it was painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you said, I like that you take this this positive outlook on even when things go wrong. It 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 kind of helps to either make you a better person or give you a better story when you uh, can look back on it in retrospect. And the reason, yeah, the reason why I, I asked these couple of questions leading into our next segment is where we talk about your relationship and travel is um, it, it helps me understand, like, you know, uh, what you two have been through and what, what you two have accomplished together. And uh, how do you feel travel has affected your relationship together? Oh, oh, just strengthened it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we would be a different couple I guess if we didn't have these experiences like having dengue fever in Cuba and Jules staying in the hospital with me at my bedside like that was such a strengthening um, formative experience of our relationship just being able to depend on each other and take care of each other just completely changes you know how we feel like we're just strengthens how we feel about each other absolutely. so absolutely and you see each other at your worst as well you know like when you're when you're tired and you're hungry and you've been on a flight for 12 hours and you have to connect and you know you you really sort of are at you <laughs> so yeah. you get the opportunity to to work on each other like work on each other and sort of better your relationship together and I don't know I feel like we have this thing where we like when one of us is like down the other one seems to like 
I don't know, excel. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like when one of us is struggling with, you know, stru- being stressed out about travel, the other one kind of steps up and is like, okay, I'm taking control. This is what we're doing. Like, yeah. I have to take care of this situation. So it's it's nice to have the other person because the other person can kind of take care of you and you can take care of them and you can kind of balance it. Whereas if you're traveling by yourself, it's like you have to be fully on all the time. So mm. it's kind of nice traveling as a couple, actually. Yeah. Definitely. And when you guys get into these situations where uh, one person is down, whether, uh, you know, you get hangry or something goes wrong. And how does does the other one uh, know what to do in that situation? Do you guys have a have a good chemistry together that you guys have found that out how to how to bring the other one up? Yeah, man. A lot of trial and error. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Just uh, just over the years, just yeah, I mean. We've just just had to deal with it. Like we've been we've been doing this for you know near on seven years together. So just a lot of uh, working it out and just taking yeah. the time, being patient with each other. And yeah, well, we we started traveling together really early on in our relationship um, because obviously we met overseas and we volunteered together for a while. And then afterwards, we immediately started traveling together full time. That's all we knew, actually. There was definitely a learning curve of kind of learning um, what each other needs and the space and pushing each other's buttons and kind of like, yeah, getting that rhythm down, which is so important as a couple when you're traveling together. Mm -hmm. So it definitely was a little bit of trial and error and a learning curve at the beginning. But now we've gotten to a really good rhythm of, okay, we need to spend some time apart or I can sense that this person is getting hangry I eat jewels <laughs> so I better get a cliff bar out or something the warning signs are pretty obvious yeah. So, yeah I'd say we definitely have a good chemistry now I mean I would hope so after almost yeah. seven years of travel yeah I think we've got it worked out yeah we've got it down pat I'd but that's say. not that's not to say there weren't like issues at the start just general like you know I guess it's kind of compounded because you have general relationship issues or like no issues but like things that you figure out together as a couple and you also just have the issues that you got to work out at two people traveling together. So it is kind of compounded in that sense because, you know, even if you're not traveling with your significant other, if you're traveling with your, your best friend, if you travel with them for six months, you're probably bound to like cross, you know, clash at certain times. So you kind of have both those things. Um, but you know, when it's worth it, you work it out. Yeah. And I like that you said through through trial and error, you guys have kind of uh, been able to know the warning signs that are coming up that know that, you know, you've worked out this chemistry together. And uh, yeah, it's a great way to travel as as a couple to experience these things together. So when planning a trip, who's going to take care of what? Do you guys have set tasks when uh, when planning your trips? Uh, God, we're not the best planners, actually. To be completely <laughs> honest, we've just always, always just been like we always we like the idea of planning. We like like the idea of like having things set out and organized, and then we just don't do it. I don't know. Some of our <laughs> best adventures are just when we wing it. Uh, <laughs> it's probably a little bit different these days. Like back in the day, we definitely didn't plan. Um, now we have to a bit more because we have to think about like work and where we're going to be and things like that. But I don't know. We kind of balance it. Christine probably looks at more like the accommodation side of things. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, we're probably, well, honestly, probably not the best planners. But, I mean, that's part of like, 
that's part of how we travel and that's kind of part of uh, what we do. Travel yeah, style. Our travel sure. style. Yeah. yeah. And then you guys have been to obviously many different places. What do you feel has been the best or your favorite destination that you'd recommend for a couple out there? Uh, yeah, we were talking about this before. It have to, as cliche as it sounds, it would have to be the Maldives. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so romantic, like having an overwater villa. And it's so, like the resorts are really quiet and peaceful. Um, and the water is so blue. I mean, it's just stunning. Um, and you can tell there's a lot of like honeymooners and, and whatnot out there. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cliche, but being there is just like instant romance because it's so beautiful and peaceful. Yeah. I mean, you look, you look out and see like beautiful turquoise waters with white sand and you're hanging out like on your overwater bungalow or like villa. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen many different pictures of it. It looks like such a beautiful place to to visit for sure. Yeah. Do you guys have any other advice that you want to give couple travelers out there in respect to their relationship and traveling? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that especially for people who are just getting started, I think it's important to realize that, you know, you will inevitably have conflict at some stage, you know, as you work through it. And it doesn't have to be the end of the world, uh, you know, because we certainly did and worked out great for us. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. just like taking time to realize that just because you are traveling as a couple doesn't mean you can't be an individual and mm-hmm. do things as well. And having that time um, apart can sometimes give you a bit more perspective and also gives you time to sort of refresh and recharge mm-hmm. and also just do the things that maybe you want to do because traveling, it's such a, it's such a personal experience. No matter how much you're traveling with your significant other, it's still a personal experience. You know, you get things out of it, and so you don't want to miss something that you want to that you did want to do just because the other person doesn't want to do. So mm-hmm. you should always do the things within reason. Obviously, it's a compromise as well, but do mm-hmm. the things that you want to do that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say don't give up. <laughs> if you're, <laughs> it's kind of like a newer couple, and you're committing to like you know a, a long stint of travel together. There, like we said, there's going to be a learning curve. Um, and just like be forgiving of your partner. Um, traveling just brings out the best and worst in people. And it's a stressful situation. And you're both going to be jerks at some point. So just be per- forgiving and patient. Um, and then it will be more than rewarding in the end. Because mm. traveling as a couple, being able to share those experiences strengthens your relationship and just makes those memories so fantastic. Absolutely. Like think of your best travel experience or something, you know, your best travel memory and then being able to share that like with somebody that's always around that you can talk to about it and that you experience, experience it with you and understands it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's something that really bonded us in our early days, like being at the volunteer organization, having those experiences still something we look back on fondly. So it's, you know, makes it worth it. Yeah, I love that advice. That's such great advice, especially for couples that are just starting out and uh, maybe going on their first trip together. Just being patient and and being together in the moment and just enjoying yourselves. Yeah. Definitely. Now let's turn this towards your your travel blog. Uh, don't forget to move dot com. First off, where did the name come from? Uh, it came from, it kind of like evolved out of a couple of different ideas, but we were traveling, actually came from, um, so both before we had the blog, both Christine and I had personal blogs, um, just like a 
I don't know, Blogspot or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like just like personal ones that we had for friends and family. And so this is when back in like 2010, should have kept with it then. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I wrote, we were traveling through the Amazon um, and we were doing a, an overnight stay in the Amazon. Like we were, we'd taken a slow boat down the Amazon and we'd taken a small canoe further in and we were like in the middle of nowhere in the jungle. And we went on this, uh, this midnight canoe trip looking for Cayman and we were sort of always like focusing focusing forward, focusing forward, trying to find stuff. And I remember thinking and telling Christine, like, oh, don't forget to look up because when we looked up, like, the stars, I've never seen more stars in my right. life. And so it became a blog entry for me uh, called Don't Forget to Look Up. And I kind of had that idea in my uh, my head. And then I don't know, when we were coming together with, like, putting a blog together, we started brainstorming heaps of ideas and phrases. And that's something that, like, came to me. And then we kind of just thought of a way to – to change it so it was like well don't forget to travel we're like no 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 we wanted it to be more than that like don't forget to move wasn't just like traveling it was like moving yourself both like physically and and mentally changing evolving and and all that sort of stuff so that's where we got don't forget to move that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's great that it has such like a, a deeper meaning than just um than just travel like you said that's really good so <laughs> With the blog comes a lot of responsibility, um, a, a lot of things entailed with just writing a post and publishing it. How do you guys balance all these things while you're traveling? Oh, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it, our blog kind of goes, you know, in waves where we have more time to work on it and less time. Um, and sometimes, like when we were in the Philippines, when we were working and studying, our blog kind of was kind of had to take a back seat and was kind of third. Um, but now that we're traveling and working on our blog full time, we get to devote more time on it. But it's hard to um, balance, you know, traveling and actually experiencing places and living in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then also reminding ourselves that we have to be creating content and taking notes and taking video and photos. Um, so it's definitely a balance. Um, but yeah, so like at the moment, our now that we're back here with a bit of a base, uh, we're focusing more on working. So we've got some other projects. We're working on the current stuff we're doing. We're sort of launching some other stuff. We're about to – we're getting sort of dipping our toes into e-commerce and, and launching a store via our site, um, which should be live very soon, which will be shop.don'tforgettomove.com. Nice. Uh, where we're, we're la- launching some original designs, uh, travel designs and things like that that people can pick up. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of like, this is our time now, a downtime where we've got a place, we can just sort of work during the day and, and everything's fine. And then, yeah, when we hit some trips, then obviously everything stops and we try and put all of our attention onto that. So it kind of goes up and down. Nice. Awesome. And, um, with having a blog, uh, especially when you're first starting out, it's difficult to get that ball rolling, to get some momentum, to get some traffic in. Where did you guys find your your biggest break in getting that traffic to start to flow through to your blog, or or what uh, social media or tool do you would you recommend for maybe a first time uh, travel blogger or somebody who's trying to get more momentum to their site? Yeah, it's definitely tough to get that to get that ball rolling, as you say. Um, for us, like our big break came with probably I mean we were we were traveling to places that not a lot of people had traveled to I guess sort of like even before we really I mean we so we started our blog at mid 2013 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was not as many resources and things like that as there are today 
like for people starting a blog. So we did heaps of things wrong. We had no idea about SEO. Mm -hmm. We thought we had to post three times a day, uh, three times a week to try and get as many posts out there as possible. And now our whole strategy has obviously changed a lot. Um, But, yeah, I mean, finding, like, for us, I guess our big break came with understanding SEO and understanding, like, that our Cuba content was some of our most popular stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what started driving a lot of traffic to our site back a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and then I guess just getting an understanding of that and then work trying to work smarter not harder in regards to that yeah um, I think we also kind of got in early with Pinterest because we were getting a lot of traffic it's not as much of a gold mine as it used to be but mm. I would still recommend for newer bloggers to get uh, get in, get all your content on Pinterest because it's a good way to drive traffic. Yeah, and a lot of the other social platforms as well were a lot more helpful back in the day as well. Like we got we drove a lot of stuff via Facebook, which now is pretty much dead as an organic platform, like for pages. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of, yeah. Um, but I mean, back back in you know late 2013, early 2014, you could have a Facebook page was a lot more. Oh, yeah, it definitely got way higher organic reach, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. it was a lot easier to sort of get your content out there and sort of just – so when you didn't have a strong, like, SEO game going on, you didn't have a strong, like, search – you know, you weren't getting a lot of traffic from search results. Like, your social game was a lot higher. Like, Twitter was a lot more productive. Mm-hmm. Facebook pages were a lot easier. Instagram wasn't really a platform that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, my, our biggest would be – just to stick with it and be persistent because um, with blogging, I mean, some people make it big really quickly, but a lot of people have to just put in the work um, and you may start, you're going to start really small, Mm -hmm. um, but eventually, you know, you might have some articles picked up um, really high on Google search ranks and that can completely change how much traffic you can get like really quickly. Um, And yeah, just putting in the work and keep like, staying persistent and eventually you'll get readers and you'll get followers um, and eventually you'll be but successful. Also, well, but also having a, a strategy as well. Yes, yeah. having a strategy and just playing along longer. Yeah, and there's so, there's so much information out there now about blogging and certain travel blogging as well. Yeah. It wasn't out there back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how about, how, about um, how do you guys split up the tasks involved in uh, in mainta- maintaining a travel blog and uh, all your social media accounts and photography and all that, how do you guys split that up? We used to, so we've always, we both, we both enjoy writing. We both enjoy, both enjoy pretty much all aspects of it, um, more or less. Um, so we always used to just do things together, but we've definitely found that it's it's easy for us to like specialize, so to speak, um, in one sort of area or one trade, and to divide the work based on that. So, like, now Christine does more of the writing. Um, I do more of the photography and video. Kind of split social media still. I mean, we, we kind of both do handle a lot of the stuff as together um, as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, but I, I do more written and you Definitely. do more visual content. Yeah. Gotcha. I probably I do more of the back-end stuff on the site, like yeah. the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Nice. And any more advice you want to give a couple out there that's trying to live more of a travel lifestyle, uh, whether it's creating a travel blog or uh, going down the route of volunteering? Uh, any more advice you want to give that couple? 
Do it because we live in such an incredible time right now. There's so much opportunity for people to move abroad, to travel, to work online. There's so many different things you could be doing. It's not just blogging or volunteering, Mm. although both those things are incredible experiences. Like there's so many um, different things you can be doing to make money and to be able to travel full time. So just go online and research and Mm. Don't be scared because there's so many other people doing it and it's an incredible life to live. That's it. I mean, you can like you could just start this off as a hobby, like while you're still working in your job. I mean you go you go and follow some of the big like entrepreneur podcasts like um, Entrepreneur on Fire or like uh, Smart Passive Income or, or Social Media Examiner, all those sorts of things, and you'll hear them bring on guests about people whose story was I was working a nine to five and I just started working on an online store and next thing I know I could quit my job and now I travel the world and I can work anywhere and mm-hmm. you know those stories are true like they're sometimes they're hard to fathom because you hear about this story from like this sort of rags to riches and now the guy's a millionaire and you can't put it into perspective but those people are out there we've met them <laughs> we've met many mm-hmm. of them people who have done Amazon drop shipping or e-commerce or anything like that um, and, so yeah and just make a bit of a game plan because moving abroad or starting to travel with very little savings and you've just quit your job just makes it so much more stressful. So if you can stay in your job a little bit longer, save up money and keep your eye on the prize of traveling, then it'll feel a lot better once you go abroad that you have that um, like savings to fall back on. Um, so yeah, just make a game plan and uh, pursue it. Excellent, excellent advice. And what is next for Don't Forget to Move? I know you guys teased the shop a little bit. That was shop.don'tforgettomove.com. But anything else you guys got on the go? Uh, we've always got something on the go. <laughs> yeah. We always have a million things. We always have, that's probably one of our, our faults. We've always got a million ideas. We love to we love ideas. We love to start stuff. Yeah. Um, so we do have a couple of other little side projects. Um, we have a we actually have a side company um, called Passion Fruit Creative. It's heypassionfruit.com, um, where we work as consultants and content creators, marketers, uh, to help bridge the gap between nonprofits and social businesses, and perhaps companies and corporate social responsibility initiatives and things like that. Um, so that's a little something that we do on the side as well. So uh, we do a bit of sort of pro bono work with nonprofits, helping them with social media strategy and content creation and and then also working with for profits, so either companies or with their CSR programs uh, to try and help strengthen those or connect them with the right nonprofits. So you know it's like a little side business or project we've got on the then and then yeah, always just other stuff with our blog. And we're gonna be doing a lot more videos, so go check out our YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We'll definitely link that in the show notes. And there you have it, Jules and Christine sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests for joining us here today. Thank you so much, Jules and Christine. Thanks for having us. Thank you Thanks, for Mark. having us. It was super fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's always good to – So also, these things are good for us as well, like not even not just to tell our story and to help ho- hopefully inspire other people, but like to think about our story and think about where we've come from. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I just want to hand the floor over to the two of you. Let our audience know where they can check you out, where's the best way to reach out to you, anything you want to let, leave them with. Yeah, so I guess if anybody has any questions about volunteering or starting that journey or even just traveling as a couple, be sure to hit us up. Uh, website, don't forget to move.com 
all of our social media handles. And don't forget to the number two moves. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the, the usual pipelines. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but if people want are interested, they can reach out and send us an email and we're happy to chat. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 27 for this episode, episode 27's show notes. Feel free to leave a comment. We'll be sure to get back to you. Tell us, have you ever done some volunteering internationally? How did it go? What did you do? Tell us about that story. If you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We'll make sure to consistently deliver you podcast episodes each Wednesday. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie, hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.